Blog Talk Radio. Swing and a fly ball, deep to left, down the line, could be, going, going, and it is gone for a home run for David Wright. Struck him out swinging. Slider away. Tanaka tonight has struck out 10 and walked one. I mean, that's pretty darn good, huh? Ball, deep to left, down the line, could be, going, going, and it is gone for a home run for David Wright. Struck him out swinging. Slider away. Tanaka tonight has struck out 10 and walked one. I mean, that's pretty darn good, huh? Looks like we have uh, Rick on the line. Uh, Rick Cerrone, uh, welcome to the show, Rick. How are you, my friend? I'm great, Mark. How are you? Sorry I, for the delay I, there. It's okay. It's okay. I vamped. I vamped. You know, it's it's uh, it's always interesting. Um, I always tell people that you know, to 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 be successful in this business. Uh, especially when you're trying to pr- promote something independently, you need someone from the establishment, someone who has been in, been around the game and been around the industry enough to take a chance. And as I was telling people in the open of the show, when Gotham Baseball was just trying to get established, really the one person that stepped up and, and offered out you know an olive branch and said, hey, what can I do to help, was you when you were with the New York Yankees. So I will always be... Um, I will always be indebted to you for that reason. So I just wanted you to know that, uh, that you know, especially our listeners who don't, may, maybe they hear horror stories about, you know, trying to get established in this <laughs> game. And, you know, you were someone that really stepped up for us. Well, I'm, I'm so happy to hear you say that and happy that I was able to do that for you. But I really think that's, you know, part of the job. And, you know, you can't say yes to everyone. And that's that's the hardest part. In fact, with my new role here with, you know, Baseball Digest, the hardest thing is when people are pitching story ideas to you or they just, hey, assign me a story and you just don't have enough to go around. But um, I had kind of a soft spot because, you know, I got my start in baseball by publishing a magazine, which I was able to do through a series of uh, opportunities. back in 1977 and and I think back to the way people uh helped me at the time and uh I remember when I was in Pittsburgh and I had a young man I think he was like 14 years old and uh he had started a magazine in his basement more primitive than the one that I did was but I remember giving him credentials and uh it was Tyler Kepner who's now the uh 
terrific baseball writer for the New York Times. So, you know, you got to pay it forward. That's the way I, I like to think. Well, absolutely. And, and, and again, as, as I said in the open, you know, um, you know, it's always exciting to see good people get the opportunity to do great things. And, you know, now that you're at uh, Baseball Digest as its new editor-in-chief, you know, just based on, I mean, just based on the first issue, which is amazing, by the way, a tremendous great, job. Great, thank you. Uh, it, it just, you know, it, just you're breathing new life into something that has made so many people so happy for so long. And having worked with the brand a little bit myself, I, I certainly understand uh, as a baseball fan, as I know you are, as someone who, uh, you know, had their own magazine, as I did, um, it's so exciting to be able to work with what really is, let's be honest, it's, it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's like getting to be in Cooperstown every day, right? I mean, would that be a... a well, that, with, that's right? exactly right. I mean, you know, six times a year I get 60-some-odd blank pages, you know, to basically, you know, put some what I think is art on, uh, both graphically and editorial, editorially. And you're right, we, we did try to breathe new life into this because uh, I can't tell you how many people, when I started at least considering the opportunity that was presented to me, you know, most people would say, I grew up with the magazine, I collected the magazine, but so many of them said I lost track of it or I didn't even know you were still in business. So it is quite a challenge, but I think we're off to a really good start with our September, October issue. I, you know, I, I can certainly attest to that because I remember having uh, Peter O'Malley uh, on the podcast and there was a baseball digest on the desk because we used to do a podcast out of Foley's uh, on, on, on 33rd Street. Right. And I remember Walter O'Malley saying, ah, oh, baseball digest. I grew up, you know, like he was just so excited. Right. Yep. Um, yep. It was at yep. one of the uh, induction ceremonies for uh, Sean Foley, our good friend Sean Foley's right. Uh, right. Irish I'm American gonna, Baseball Hall of Fame. I'm going to see Sean today. Yeah. So, I'm going to see so, him today. You know, it's it's – it's just exciting for me when I heard when I first heard I got so excited I think I wrote like I think I wrote you like seven thousand uh, messages just I was so happy that someone that I know would would treat this it's like when you sell your house and you want to sell it to someone who's going to keep it in their family right. for another hundred years you know I, that's how I felt about you taking over Baseball Digest so what was the well we're going to give it a, we're going to give it a heck of a <laughs> shot I mean it's, it's in it's in it's in it's in very good you know it's it's not a publication that's in bad shape but these are very challenging times for what they call sure. ink on paper publications yep. uh, a phrase I I learned yesterday by the way but but uh, you know I call them you know uh, print publications but ink on paper publications obviously very challenging times so many of them have gone to digital only or online versions only and we still think that there's a a market for and a need for an ink on paper uh, type publication um, we've got a 77 year history but, you know, everything has to evolve. And, you know, what, what worked, you know, Baseball Digest basically built its brand on reprinting stories from daily newspapers that we as fans in New York, for example, didn't get to see. Well, that, that has long since passed because, you know, because of the Internet and access. You know, you can pick, hey, did you see what uh, Phil Rogers wrote in the Chicago Tribune? Or, boom, you put in Phil Rogers, Chicago Tribune. The, boom, there it is. You're reading it right away. 
So we've got to be ahead of that. We've got to tell great stories mm-hmm. that have not yet been told with great graphics, and I think that's what we're trying. We're off to, to doing just that. Well, you've done that. I mean, you've you've definitely done that. Uh, you, you've you've. I mean, the content is incredible. You know, the stuff that you were able to do. So so talk about. Um, a little bit, Rick, about how you, I mean, I know, I, I run a weekly publication, uh, you know, a weekly newspaper, so I certainly mm-hmm. understand and can commiserate about, you know, uh, the the print publication and the industry and where it, and, and where it you know, kind of sits right now, but I can also, also understand and also uh, appreciate that, yes, there is a place for it, there is a market for it, and maybe like vinyl, uh, the way vinyl is right now, and people, it's a boutique item. I think that right. certain brands can can outlast whatever the trend is. And so I guess what I want to hear is when you first decided, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the editor-in-chief baseball digest. How'd you go about figuring out how you were going to put together your premier issue? Well, that that's a really good question. I mean, I, I studied the recent years issues of baseball digest basically since 2012 when it went from a digest the size that we all remember the reader's digest size to a full-size color magazine i studied almost every issue um and i made my notes of the things they did well the things i thought were were issues um so i worked with my graphics designer uh and also my associate editor we met uh for the first time back in uh uh, in May, uh, after I was named the, the editor-in-chief, um, and we mapped out a plan that we were going to create. Number one, it was going to be a cleaner, bolder look with more compelling stories, more compelling photos. Uh, and we basically just laid out, you know, what are the stories we want to tell? Um, you know, I could, you could say to me right now, hey, what's in your uh, next year's May-June issue? or your March-April issue, or your July-August issue. Well, I, I can't, obviously, you want to leave some things to be timely, but I have an idea of things that make sense for that time period that I've already in my head, some of them I've already assigned. I mean, I have, I have stories assigned as late as next May-June, um, because I know something that will be timely at that time, whether it's an anniversary or, or something like that. But, I mean, we've got stories, you know, already assigned, and they're going to be unique stories with, with a different slant. I mean, other people may do these stories, um, but we've got to do it differently. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. Next year is the 100th anniversary of the, of the Black Sox, you know, 1919-2019 the 100th anniversary of the greatest scandal in baseball history. Well, what's left to be said? We've got to tell a little bit different story than the same old stuff that's been told for years. Um, We've got to, you know, maybe we put an exclamation point on it. Maybe we put a bow on it and wrap it up. Um, But we've got some ideas, and there's other anniversaries and other things. And it's not just, you know, teams or seasons. It's films. It's events, movies, things like that. So, uh, I want people when they pick up Baseball uh, Digest to not to be surprised. Wow, this was a terrific story. Right, and that's I think anyone who has been in this business or who's worked in baseball, who's covered baseball, uh, I know that there's nothing more disappointing than you know reading a story and just being like, I can't get the I can't get that 
20 minutes back, you know, I just wasted right, 20 right, minutes yeah. reading this, reading this awful story. And, 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 you know, I, I think one of the great things I love about, uh, the new issue is of course the, the Costas piece, uh, tell me about what that was like and, you know, sitting down with Bob and getting that opportunity. Well, it's funny you should ask that because it's, it's, the comments I've gotten from different people. Um, in fact, I did an interview last Saturday on WFAN with Richard Neer and Richard, what his takeaway from the issue was the Costas interview. And you're saying the same thing. So that's kind of resonated far more than I, I thought. I love Bob and uh, he's the person that I picked for our first Q and a, because that's a new feature. Uh, You know, we went from a, player profile which was taking a player and you know go to food favorite uh, road city you know i wanted something with more substance so we went to something called q a and our first one was was bob costas and you know now the challenge is to line up uh subjects going forward that are you know sort of in the same stature as bob but you know bob boom love baseball digest it resonated with him right probably didn't know it was still in business but it resonated and for you know and bob's been a friend for many years and so for those two reasons he agreed to do it so we sat down at a a restaurant near his apartment in uh in midtown and we we basically i rolled i I basically ran the digit the recorder over lunch um very tough to transcribe it with you know all the clatter and the people in the background and everything but i i was able to it's not broadcast quality i can assure you that but we, I was able to transcribe it. Um, and, um, you know, he's just such a terrific interview. I could have done a second interview, um, you know, with, uh, with, with what I had to leave out. In right. fact, I did do one of those kind of like those firing round things like favorite food, you know, what's your secret, you know, whatever, uh, guilty pleasure, those types of things. And he gave me great answers. Um, best uniform, you know, things like that. Um, but, um, uh, there just wasn't room for it. So, um, I did hear from Bob yesterday that he was really pleased with it. So I'm, I'm happy about that as well. I also, you know, um, one, one of our issues and how I met actually Marty Appel, uh, was when we did our Mickey Mantle issue for Gotham baseball. Mm -hmm. And that was when I initially had met Marty. And I had mentioned to Marty when we first had our first meeting, I said, you know, by the way, i got to say, you know, the Yankees have been great. Uh, you know, they've really been great with us since we started. And uh, he says, well, you know, Rick Cerrone, you know, started his own magazine when he was young. So that's probably why he was so willing to, you know, to work with you. And, you know, Marty is just such a gentleman and, and such a uh, wonderful guy. And we, we, we did the issue, the Mickey Mantle, and he told me so many stories about Mickey. And, and, and he was so proud and so, uh, so happy to uh, be the, Mickey, the PR guy for Mickey Mantle's restaurant. It was always something that met, meant so right. much to him. Yep. So for him to do, uh, you know, that retrospective on Mickey – uh, and the way it was laid out and the way it was just, it just looked fantastic. And I was so excited to see that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it had to be an automatic for you to get, to get uh, Marty to do that piece, yes? Well, Marty pitched the story, uh, you know, it being the 50th anniversary. And, you know, 
1968. I mean, Marty was hired that year by the Yankees basically to answer Mickey Mantle's fan mail. But, you know, Marty's article, his feature story on the, the lasting legacy of Mickey Mantle is the story that I kind of point to as to the, the new direction of Baseball Digest because you could be the greatest Mickey Mantle aficionado in the world, and I would challenge any of them. You know, you, you and I could think of people who, you know, uh, carry themselves as you know, you know, nobody knows more than Mickey Mantle about Mickey Mantle than I do. Well, I would challenge that person with things that are in this story that no one would know. Uh, you know, for example, I did not know that, you know, Mickey Mantle's last game was the second to last game of the season in 68 because the team was in Boston. And after he popped up in the first inning, he went home, right? He just left the ballpark and went home. He was not there for the last game of the 68 season. So not that he had announced his retirement. There was no farewell. You know, the Yankees kind of asked him to delay any decision or announcement uh, until the following year so that they could sell season tickets. Um, And he didn't announce it until the team got to spring training in in March uh, of 69. But, I did not know that, that, you know, he was, so anybody that drove to Fenway Park thinking, hey, this might be the mixed last game, they were out of luck because he was back home probably in Dallas. But um, there's such great, you know, Marty and I kind of call it minutia, but this is really important stuff when you talk about the career of somebody and the legacy that he left behind, which was generations of switch hitters so many of whom became, I mean, switch hitting, as Marty said to me when pitching the story, you know, switch hitting was a bit of an oddity in 1951. Well, we'll show you how much of an oddity it was because there was less than, there wasn't even one switch hitter per team on average in baseball in 1951. And the Yankees hadn't had a regular switch hitter in their lineup since the 1920s. So I didn't know any of that. So, that's the new baseball digest. I think one of the interesting things, and I'll, I, I know that you're running around really busy. Um, I, I, I want to ask you one more thing, though, because I think that sure. this is something. This is something, Rick, that I think really stands out about uh, baseball, and it's something that's you know it's being talked about every day, and some people talk about it in a in a constructive way, and some people talk about it in a negative way. Um, as you said, the game evolves, people evolve, fans evolve, so thereby Baseball Digest has to evolve in, in, in certain ways. But I do think that one of the great things about you taking over Baseball Digest um, is that the baseball fan that loves the story, that loves the, the myths, that loves the character of the game, that loves the drama, the theater of the game, they have very few places to go now because everything is analytics and everything is, you know, uh, escape velocity. And, you know, so many things have right. changed about the game that, you know, right. that you Launch need an abacus or you need, you know, you need, you need a physics book to, to, to read along with the game. There's so many more fans out there that love the game the way we grew up with it and the way that, even my son has grown up with it. You know, um, it, it, it's. I, I think that what you have is an opportunity now to be that oasis uh, for fans to come and to share, 
you know, these great stories, you know, that, that were told on Grandpa's knee or the stoop right. outside your house. And I, I really think that that is where Baseball Digest can, can really well, take us. It's it's true, and it, it may sound corny and everything, but the, these stories that are passed down and the, the legends and things like that uh, are so much more interesting than launch angles and, uh, you know, all that's going on in baseball today, um, I, I just think it's it's very important to tell compelling stories. Um, you know, it used to be, you know, when you promoted a movie, when you promoted uh, anything, an upcoming season, you, you, you publicized the people that were involved. Uh, you, you, you told stories about the players and things like that. Um, I just, listen, there may be a faction of fans out there there certainly are um, that are totally dedicated and all they care about is, you know, the analytics of the game and the numbers and the percentages. But I'm not sure those are the people buying tickets. Uh, I, I don't think those are real fans. Um, and I think that, you know, it's a very perilous place that the game is in now because we can't lose sight of what's made the, the game so popular. Um, Bob, one of the things that Bob Costas said in that interview that really resonated with me is, you know, sometimes that what works best strategically is not the best in terms of entertainment. And I think that's true. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we've got to be, we're in the entertainment business. Um, you know, I, I, I feel very strongly that giving a manager an opportunity to hold up the game while he checks every single darn call made in the game is ridiculous and is not helping the game. It's the first inning. There's a bang-bang play at first. He might be safe by a Nats eyelash. Who cares? Move on. Now, I went to a game at the Nationals Park Wednesday night. There were two plays at the plate. Uh, both called out, and um, they reviewed both plays. One got overturned, but that's correct. You can't have a play at the plate like that, you know, uh, a run taken off the board, so to speak. But, you know, two outs, top of the first, bang, bang play at first base, you know, move on. We lived with this for 100 years, and this whole thing, well, it, we have to get it right. Really? Why? We didn't for 100 years, you you, you know. If it's that close that you have to look at it in slow motion a hundred times, um, it's not worth a guy holding up his uh, his hand and holding up the game. That's just my opinion. And I, obviously, you know I feel strongly about that. No, I know, I, know, I know you do, and and there's a lot of us that agree with you, and that's why, like I said, and going back to for the very beginning, is that's why I was so excited to hear that you know that that someone like you was now the caretaker of this brand because I know that right. you'll treat hey, it. I know that you'll let treat me ask it well, you a question, Rick. Mark. Let, sure. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever watched a baseball game? Now, I've watched many football games, many, many football games. And there's not as many football games, but I've seen many of these instances. Have you ever seen a baseball game where, well, it's too bad, but Aaron Boone is out of challenges he should have challenged it, but he can't. He used up his challenges. How is it possible that you only have a limited number of challenges, and it's only like, t and you never run out? You <laughs> never, and you can hold up the game for every single play. Uh. There's not a single close play 
that the manager in either dugout doesn't hold up his hand while the guy gets on the phone. This is all terribly exciting, by the way. There he is on the phone. Okay, you can, okay we can play now. And that time is not even counted in replay delay because it doesn't right. start until the, ma- the manager signals the umpire that, you know, I want this play. And then they got to walk over to third base, put the headset on. Uh, now, look. There are plays where you've got it. I mean, Giancarlo Stan hit a ball off the, the padding of the, of the foul line on, uh, on the outfield wall, and the umpire inexplicably singled home run. You've got to – that shouldn't even be a challenge. You've got a, a border call, something like that, a, where a fan might – you've got to look at those. Plays at the plate, you've got to look at those. But, oh, he kept the glove on while the guy's foot came off the bag. You know, enough – no, anyway, I, look, I said I, my piece. No, you certainly look. You're, you're preaching to the choir when it comes to that stuff. And again, um, I'm real excited about the future of Baseball Digest like never before. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to me today, Rick. And uh, really look forward to what's in store down the road for Baseball Digest. Well, we've got a lot of exciting things in store right now. I'm I'm preparing our our players of the year, which this year will be Baseball Digest 50th, the awarding of the 50th Player of the Year Award. It started in 1969. In uh, 1994, they separated players and pitchers and then have added a relief pitcher. So I'm really excited about that. I'm putting together a blue ribbon committee uh, to vote on it, um, piecing together, you know, getting people to, to join up. So I can't give any names at this point, but hopefully – that's another thing that will get a lot more visibility than it has in the past, and that's our, our player of the year. Sounds awesome. I can't wait and uh, certainly look forward to uh, seeing you at Foley's and, uh, and talking more about this great game that we both love. Well, my good friend Sean Clancy at Foley's is putting up a big poster in his, uh, of the uh, Mookie Betts cover with the words at newsstands now, and I'm, I'm delivering it today, so – you go into Foley's, you'll see our big cover there, and hopefully you'll go to the newsstand and pick up a copy. Awesome. Thanks again, Rick. Take care, my friend. Thank you, Mark. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. And that was Rick Cerrone. I'm telling you, uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. They could not have gotten a better person to be uh, the editor-in-chief of Baseball Digest. I absolutely love Rick. I think he's going to be fantastic and uh, really have finally, like I said, you know, everybody that listens to the show that follows me knows that uh, I was the online editor for Baseball Digest for uh, from 2009 to uh, 2012, and um, you know, it certainly was challenging, but it was great to work with the brand, and I'm so excited that somebody like Rick is now the caretaker of the brand, as I said uh, before. So thanks again, folks, for listening. Sorry for the early technical difficulties that does happen on live radio, even though it's recorded. And um, really looking forward to the next one, uh, the next uh, podcast that we do. So have a great weekend, uh, everybody, and, and we'll see you soon here on Gotham Baseball Live.